Welcome to the Lend Academy podcast, episode number 281. This is your host, Peter Renton, founder of Lend Academy and co-founder of Lend at Fintech. Today's episode is sponsored by Lended Fintech USA, the world's largest fintech event dedicated to lending and digital banking. Lender's flagship event is happening online this year on April 27 to 29, with the possibility of an exclusive VIP in-person component. The verdict is in on Lender's 2020 event that was held online, with many people saying it was the best virtual event they had ever attended. Lender is setting the bar even higher in 2021. So join the fintech community at Lended Fintech USA, where you will meet the people who matter, learn from the experts, and get business done. Sign up today at lendit.com slash USA. So today on the show, I am delighted to welcome Sean DeClerc. He is the CEO and founder of Kick Further. Now, Kick Further is a really interesting company. They've got a, they've got a unique approach, and they also uh, is a company I've been following with great interest for many, many years. Reason being is back in 2015, Lendit had our first ever startup competition. It's called Pitch It at Lendit, and Kick Further was uh, was the winner. And so that's that's why I've been following them. I've had a small account uh, on kickfurther.com for many years, and uh, you know they provide a unique type of financing. Really, uh, you know, it's it's inventory financing for uh, people who are selling physical goods, a company selling physical goods, and. Uh, they do, they do this in such a way that it is, it's much less expensive than a lot of other types of financing. And uh, these deals are funded by typically individuals. And uh, we go into that in some depth. We talk about how their model works, how their underwriting works, what kinds of deals they, they fund, and really what are their goals for the future. It, it really was a fascinating interview. Hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the podcast, Sean. Hi, Peter. Great to be here. Uh, great to great to see you and great to have you on. We've uh, we've we've had a, a bit of a long history, which we'll get into. But before we do that, I'd uh, I just want to start by um, giving the listeners a little bit of background about yourself. Like, what what did you do before Kick Further? Yeah, so my entire background is in supply chain management, and immediately uh, prior to Kick Further, I was running a merchandising company. So you know, taking products pretty much off the shelf with uh, manufacturers overseas customizing them a little bit and then selling them as white label exclusives to retailers here in the US. So, you know, pretty standard merchandising operation. We went from 600,000 of sales to a million uh, of sales between years one and two. Okay. And so then was that where you got the idea for Kick Further or tell us a little bit about the genesis of the company? Yeah, exactly that. So, I mean, we would go, we were running the same business. I mean, a lot of, I'm sure your listeners will be familiar with merchandising companies. So you'd get these retailers and they'd say, awesome, we love your product. You know, you'd show them a bunch of samples and they'd place an order for a container load of inventory to arrive three months later. And the immediate thing that you would do is then scramble to find the finance of who's going to fund this inventory. How am I going to produce this inventory so I can collect on that PO? And it was really interesting because as we were building this this business, we went out to these vendor conferences because they would have these vendor conferences. They bring all their vendors together and you'd go across the floor and you'd ask people like, Hey, how are, how are you solving this problem? Right? Like, Oh, you're on net 60 payment terms too. And everybody was having the same issue. It's like, Oh, you know, I got my uncle Joe is helping finance me or, you know, I'm putting it on my credit card or this, that. And 
everybody was finding their own little solutions, but there was no like, Hey, this is the way that everybody should do it. Right. There was no one unified solution. And so it seems like a big opportunity for us. Right. Right. Okay. So then maybe, um, maybe you get into it and just describe exactly what kick further does and how it works. Absolutely. So pretty much every single business that sells physical products encounters the same issue, which is you have to pay somebody, a manufacturer to make your stuff before you can ever start earning revenue when you sell it. And so what we do at Kick Further, we recognize that this is an issue for almost every single product business out there. We have a community of people who we call our buyers or our users, and those people will actually buy the inventory from your supplier We'll aggregate all of those purchases together. We'll have the inventory produced and shipped to you, the business. And then as the business sells through our user's inventory, it triggers an underlying consignment contract and they pay us back for the inventory that they're selling as they sell through it. So it's $0 out of pocket for a product business, but they get the inventory that they need to sell to drive revenue. And then as they sell it, it's uh, they pay back the the funders, right? And also, it seems. I mean, I, I've obviously I've been on your site for many years. You set me up with an account many years ago, um, which I, I still I still kind of uh, pay attention and I, I log on pretty regularly. The the terms vary, right? So is that the the person the company saying, you know what? I I really need four months. Sometimes it's three months. Sometimes it's six months. Does the company get to dictate those kinds of terms? Yeah, it's so, you know, the, the market that we're in, you just see these businesses have such unique business models and strategies for success. You've got some businesses, they buy, you know, a container load of inventory every two months, and that's very regular for them. They'll do six inventory purchases a year. Some businesses do one inventory purchase a year because they're selling sunglasses or swimsuits or, or what have you. And so what we've developed is this consignment model that really fits all the different types of physical product companies that are out there. And because they're all so different, we have to have that level of flexibility to meet the business owners where they are. Right, right. Okay. That makes sense. So then if you maybe just take us through an example of uh, like a like a something someone that's done a deal on your website. They're a repeat you know, user. What you know, give us an example of a, of, a, of the type of company that actually is is using your service? Sure. So this is just top of mind because I spoke with the business owners uh, just last week. But we have a great company called Purism. They manufacture you know privacy kind of no no malware, no bloatware, privacy-focused laptops and mobile phones, I believe. And so they've been in this business for a while. They work with overseas manufacturers. They need to produce, let's say, 5,000 units of their 15-inch laptop that they're going to be selling for the next six months. So their manufacturer said, all right, it's you know, I'm, I'm going to make these numbers up, right? So it's going to be $1,000 per laptop. So for 5,000 of them, we need $5 million to pay our factory, right? They'll come to kick further. They'll say, we need $5 million to make, you know, 5,000 laptops. We go through, we, you know, we run them through our, our quality control, our quality assurance process. If everything looks good, then we launch their deal on our platform. And essentially anybody, Peter, you, me, anybody, we can go on to kickfurther.com and we can buy one laptop or two or three or, you know, uh, 500, let's say, right. Depending on the timing. And when we have all of those 
5,000 laptops have been claimed by our users. Now we have enough that we can say to the factory, all right, we have all of the funding we need to produce 5,000 laptops. And then we can go to the factory and say, all right, here's $5 million. Please produce 5,000 laptops and ship it to Purism. Now Purism gets those laptops. They belong to Kick Further, but they have them in their warehouse to begin selling them. That's tracked through, let's say, ShipBob or EasyPost or Fulfillment by Amazon, whatever warehouse service they use. We tie into that and we look at the data. And then three weeks later, oh, there's only 4,000 laptops left. Or two weeks later, we, we invoice every two weeks right now. Um, there's only 4,000 laptops left. And we pull through ACH the payment for the thousand laptops that got sold normally at, let's say, you know, anywhere between five to 10% more what the original cost was that was paid. So if we funded the laptops at a thousand bucks, when Purism sells them, they'll pay us back, let's say $1,100 per laptop, which we then distribute on a pro rata basis to the people who funded the laptops. Right. So, so are you paying the manufacturer and bypassing the, 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 the retailer that's actually coming to your site or, or, or how does the, where's the flow of funds go? So there's a, there's a badge on our deals that says supplier direct. If that badge is lit up, it means that the funds that we are raising for the consignment opportunity are all going to be paid directly to manufacturers and to uh, third-party suppliers. So every single dollar we raise is going to a third party that is not the business. And so um, that's something that, you know, they get the inventory they need so that they can sell it, but the, they don't get the cash, right? It's not like they're raising cash. Right. They're raising inventory on Kick Further. Right. So just to be clear, then you said, does, does every company operate that way, that way or only some of the deals operate that way? So every single business that we're doing on KickFurther, we are funding for the physical inventory. Now, with some of the deals that are not 100% supplier direct, I'll give you an example where we have a soap company, right? And the soap company has 50 different suppliers. And some of the suppliers, they're only buying, you know, like a pound of saffron from, right? right? And so it makes it too complicated to pay every single one of their suppliers. And it just makes the whole, the whole model too unwieldy. So what we'll do is we'll only identify the first two, the top two or three suppliers where most, the large share of their costs are going, we'll pay those costs directly to the supplier. And then the business can make up the cost for the other suppliers from, you know, other cash flow that they have. Okay. Okay. Got it. But so you've really got to have, give clarity, you're like you, the, the consignment, that you have, it's uh, and obviously you've got all the legal um, the legal documentation in place. I imagine so. You know that the retailer is responsible for it, but the the manufacturer is getting the money. Exactly right. right. So we we are very specifically only working with businesses that need funding for the purpose of inventory goods, like physical right. inventory. Right. And so so how do you underwrite these companies? Because you know. One of the things I noticed, and I mentioned this in the, in the introduction, but you know, you guys won the the very first pitch at Lender back in 2015. Uh, so I've been that's one of the reasons why I've been following you for so long. And then, you know, in the early days, there were certainly a, a quite a few defaults. And you know, I, I noticed on you know in your platform and and some of the deals that I was in, it seems like it's gotten a lot better. But maybe you can explain how you underwrite these companies to to avoid that situation. Absolutely. So I would say, Peter, as you know, someone that's been participating since 2015, you've probably seen that there's been a change on the platform. And I will admit that, you know, in the early days, maybe I was a little bit naive and I was kind of hoping 
that everybody would kind of just play nice and do what they <laughs> would say that they would do. Funnily enough, that doesn't always work out on the internet right. the way you would hope. So we learned some lessons, right? And we learned that you sometimes, you know, it's great to trust, but verify, right? And so what we determined was, look, we want to pay for inventory. So we're going to introduce a process like supplier direct payments, right? If the business is telling us they need to pay for inventory, great. We'll pay your supplier directly, right? No need for you to be in the middle of that transaction, right? So what we found was we we knew through from the very beginning, we knew that this was a big problem and we knew that we had hit a nerve, right? And we were solving it in a really interesting way. And what we had to do was tighten up who we allowed onto the platform, the quality control processes of who we allowed to participate on the platform. So what we did in 2017 is we built what I call our scorecard. And our scorecard looks at product businesses across really what I would consider like uh, five different, what I call risk verticals. Okay. So you've got owner credit, business credit is pretty standard for everybody. I think what kick further does quite uniquely is we look at production risk. So how likely is it that these physical things are never successfully produced? We look at distribution risk, which is how likely is it that once they're produced, they're successfully sold through whatever channel. And then the final thing we look at is general business risk. And it's hard to really nail that one down, but I'll give you an example is we check for our businesses who is running the quality control, quality assurance partner process for their manufacturers. And what we found is that if you're a product business and you just trust that the factory is going to run their own quality control process, that almost inevitably leads to some quality control issues down the line. And we know that the sophisticated business owners are paying that additional $300, $500 cost for every manufacturing run to have a third party come in and check, right? So then we can look and we can say, hey, who's the third party that's running your quality control? And if they don't have one, we know that that's a risk factor. And we have a scorecard that looks at 120 attributes like that across these product businesses to determine who we allow onto the platform. And then within that, do you have like a pricing model that you put in? Because, you know, every one of these deals that I see has slightly different pricing. How are you, how are you basing that? So the profit on the platform is largely driven off of how often the business has been with us on KickFurther. So what, you'll, what you're going to see on KickFurther is that the pricing typically is coming down as the business participates on the platform and as they do repeat deals. We do not, KickFurther currently does not set pricing. It's pretty, our mechanism is a pass-fail mechanism, and we essentially let the buyers on our platform vote with their dollars. You know, if, if the price is right and the deal gets funded, then we feel like the market has decided that that's a, a well-priced deal. Now, I don't know that that is, I won't say that that'll be the way it always is, um, but that's been working pretty well for us. And what you see is that the market really does speak quite loudly. And you, you can tell within, a first, within the first day or two whether a deal will be successfully funded on the platform. Right. And if they're not successfully funded, what happens then? Do you often go back and renegotiate? Say, look, your, your pricing is just uh, too low um, for, for, for this. I mean, what do you do? I mean, what's so we have uh, comment boards. So we, our users will say that. They'll say, hey, <laughs> right. you, you look good, right? But, uh, but yeah, I only did 500 bucks. If you were offering 2% a month, I would have done 10,000, you know? So they'll say that straight on the comment board. And, and we right. don't even have to tell the business that that information is presented to them. So that's nice. 
Right, right. Okay. And then, so today, what kind of defaults uh, are you seeing now? Do you feel like, I mean, you said, I know that you, you've, you've changed things dramatically uh, over the last several years, but, you know, like it seems, I mean, I'm just from the casual observer, the defaults are, are way down. But can, do you have any stats to back that up? Yeah. So we look, um, so we don't call them defaults. They're okay. uh, consignment cancellations. So it's, okay. we essentially cancel the consignment contract. Our users have lost confidence in the business's ability to sell through the inventory. So they're canceling the contract. They're calling the inventory back. That happens on one out of 25 deals. So we have a 4% cancellation rate and most of our deals are offering anywhere between one to 2% profit per month. So, you know, it kind of works out pretty well for our users, which is why, you know, the deals are getting funded. Um, you know, they're still getting funded in an hour. Well, I know some of them are even even quicker than that. You yeah. know, I know it always, I get my emails at 3 p.m. Mountain time and uh, and uh, some, if I'm not quick enough and I see it, sometimes those those deals are, are gone already. And so I want to talk about the other side because you know, when I look at your website, you have, it's all about the the retailer and, you know, and the business that's trying to get funding, which is, I get that. But I know you don't call them investors, you call them buyers or funders, but like who is doing this? Is this, how have you built up this base of, of buyers? And is it, are there certain characteristics where, where there'll be certain buyers that will just, they're friends of the, friends of the, of the company or how does, just tell us a little bit about that side of the equation. Absolutely. So the very first deal we funded way back in 2014, actually, was all friends of the company, right? Every single buyer that participated in that deal, I knew. And we knew that that wasn't going to be scalable. So then in the early, very early days since since 2015 at Kickfurther, um, we, we instituted a buyer referral program. So anybody can participate on the platform, Peter, you, me, you know, my friends, anyone, it's open because what you're doing is you're purchasing physical goods, just like you could on AliExpress or Alibaba.com, right? right? So it's available to everyone. And we have this, this 10, 10 referral, pretty standard where you get 10 bucks if you bring somebody to the platform and they get $10 to try out the platform, you know, through this referral program. And since we've had that referral program, we have pretty much not had to spend any additional funds on recruiting the buyers for the platform. It's been very, very successful, primarily through word of mouth. Now, one of the things we, one of the experiments we ran in 2019 was just to identify, you know, was there a way that we could just, you know, find more people through Facebook or whatever else. So we ran some user ads in, in the early part of 2019 or 2020, but, but typically it's just word of mouth referrals for, for the buyers. And are these all individuals or, or, or are some, you know, uh, companies, I know that this is not like an investment vehicle, but you, you know, you, cause these are people you're, you're buying physical goods, but do you have, you know, institutions participating as well? So we have, we have a couple of guys that have set up a fund. So two, you know, what I would call normally super angels that really like what we're doing and they didn't want to have to wait at 3 PM every day to try and get into the deals, you know? Uh, so, so we have one fund that's currently participating on the platform, which is pretty much these two guys. And, and other than that, every single other entity is an individual. Now we do have entity onboarding. So if there was a business that wants to fund inventory for other businesses, we can allow for an LLC. There's no strict requirement that it's a person, uh, let's say. Okay. And what about through an IRA? Is that, uh, I mean, is that, is that a possibility or not? 
Yeah. Um, so we're looking at self-directed IRAs, self-directed 401ks. It's a bit of a manual process right now, but that's something we can help facilitate. And we have a few partners that are helping us with that as well. Right, right. So I want to talk about the the pandemic because, you know, I'm, I'm curious, there's, there's certain areas, obviously, of the economy that and retailers, some some retailers have done phenomenally well, some have, have done terribly, and obviously everything in between. But maybe um, like I just just anecdotally on your platform, it feels like the deals keep uh, have kept coming throughout 2020 and now into 2021. How has the pandemic impacted Kick Further? You know, I, I say that we were very lucky with this pandemic. So one of the things that we do at Kick Further, we do inventory finance. So one of the things about the way the world was right before the pandemic is that a lot of people that were funding small businesses didn't very specifically didn't want to fund inventory. It was like an area that people didn't want to go. So we knew that this was a problem and we were solving it. And that meant that we ended up being significantly concentrated in e-commerce businesses because with e-commerce businesses, you know, one of the main costs is your inventory. And if, you know, and if you can't find anybody to fund inventory, then suddenly kick further became a very, very appealing option for those businesses in, in very little time. So we had probably 85, 90% concentration in e-commerce uh, prior to the pandemic hitting. And so when the pandemic hit and we saw that e-commerce generally as a sector saw a lift of anywhere between 20 to 40%, right? Mm -hmm. It actually ended up working out pretty well for a lot of the portfolio companies that we had. And we saw, you know, we've onboarded some companies this year that have gone, that have quadrupled their sales, right? If you happen to be a business that was selling disinfectant and you had been <laughs> doing that for two years, like this literally happened where this, this company went from like a few million of sales to 24 million of sales in one year selling just the same product that they'd been selling. Right. And that's also the type of, that's the type of growth that's hard to fund if you don't have a platform or, or, or a partner like kick further. Right. So we saw that there was these product businesses that got huge lifts. And then, you know, it was also pretty evident to us that there were product businesses like fashion, right? Did not do well in the pandemic. Um, anything to do related to travel did really, really poorly. But what we found is that a lot of those entrepreneurs kind of just decided to sit on the inventory they had, right? And they're like, look, this year is going to be a wash and we'll, we'll get back to work in 2021 when, when our industries are going to come back around again. So that's kind of the way it seems to us. So those companies that came, that, that were doing well and suddenly they did like, you know, 5X, 10X volume, were you able to handle that? Like, can you, like, they're doing, you know, like maybe you could just describe um, how high you can go for some, of, for some of these deals. Yeah, I mean, I we broke Kickfurther's largest deal record. We broke it three times in 2020. So right. three times, it like three months in a row. So this one company, Boulder Clean, um, you can find them stocked all over Colorado. They funded our our biggest deal was 630k. Two months later, that was a, a whole thing of disinfectant. They came back two months later for another run of disinfectant, 1.15 million of disinfectant, and that's the biggest deal we've ever done on Kick Further. And that's a you know, so that's but that's pretty significant. So that's good growth for us. And did the the buyers? I mean, did this? I mean, obviously, the the, the, the that you found enough buyers for them, um, but. How long does a deal like that take? So because Boulder Clean, I mean, this was a specific deal where they had a buyer on the other end. So they oh, knew okay. that 
they had, I want to say it was uh, Whole Foods was buying it. I, I'm not 100% sure, but they had a retailer that was ready to buy all of the disinfectant. They just needed to get it funded. And we saw that a lot, actually, for businesses that were in cleaning you know, or disinfectant, right? The demand was through the roof. So right. all they needed to do was get the funding. I think the whole thing turned around in three months, you know, and it was maybe 4.5% in three months or something. I'd have to find the deal on the Kick Brother right. platform. Right, yeah, and that's that's what I notice with your with your platform with your deals. Sometimes they're three months, sometimes they're six months, but it's often this kind of one between one percent and two percent a month. Which, you know, if you're if you're only doing it for three months, that's a that's you know that's fairly cheap financing. And uh, and so just on that, to mo- like you you obviously know your customers are talking to them all the time. I mean, this is this their primary source of funding that they're using to to operate their business, or is this just one of you know, they're also talking with uh, banks and other, you know, and maybe even fintech lenders to to pr- for provide working capital. So what we very typically find is when we first join with a company, we are a supplemental funding for a whole stack of different people that have provided different funding. And what we find is very quickly, we take over that stack with the exception of banks which we still can't really compete um, right. with like an SBA loan is just, you know, it's really great. And I appreciate the SBA supports small businesses, right? So I think that's great. So we provide supplemental financing above that though, but but that's typically the way it comes is they'll say, hey, I have this opportunity. I need additional funding just for this one opportunity. And then once they learn how Kick Further works and they see how as they continue to participate, it just gets better and better and better. Um, we very quickly just take over their whole, all of their funding. Right, right. Interesting, interesting. So, can you give us a sense uh, of the scale you're at? Like, how, what, what sort of volume of deals you did in 2020? Yeah, I was happy that we we managed to fund just about 22 million dollars, right around 22 million dollars of deal flow in 2020. Eight million, eight and a half million dollars of which happened in Q4. So it was our <laughs> best quarter. By a huge margin, we had 120% growth from Q4 to Q4. So right now, you can anticipate Q1 is normally a little bit slower. We have Chinese New Year coming up. But right now, you're looking at anywhere between $500,000 to $750,000 of deal flow every week is kind of our target. And we think um, you know, we should be on pace to fund about $40 million in 2021. Right. Okay. So then uh, most of these... You mentioned Chinese New Year, and obviously some of this, some of the manufacturing is likely done in China. What's the mix? I mean, are you uh, is, when you when people are where you're sending money? Is it is it is it mainly U.S. based uh, manufacturers, or are you sending it all over the world? What's the so mix? we're yeah we're seeing roughly um, seventy to seventy five percent of payments are going to overseas suppliers. Okay. Right. Right. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. So then. I'm curious because you know you, you've you've pretty much invented your own niche here. You've really you know that's one of the reasons why I think why you won the first uh, the first uh, pitch competition we had because it was something that no one had ever seen before and it was really it was pretty it was pretty smart and uh, and I, I don't I haven't seen you know kick further knockoffs uh, you know over the last few, several years but so who do you see when you're looking at you know who do you see as your competitors in this kind of financing space? Yeah, I think the way I look at it is our competitors are the, are the people that are just provi- providing revenue finance. So we're looking at groups like Amazon Capital, um, Shopify Capital, ClearBank, BlueVine. So those are the people that are kind of on my radar as solving 
a very similar or sometimes the same problem for the same market, which is small and medium growing businesses, you know? Right. Right. Are you, do you uh, think consider partnering with some of those, some of those companies? You know, I, I think I would be open to it. Right. I think we can do inventory. I believe we do inventory better than anybody and I don't want to do any of the other stuff. Right. Right. So that, that feels like it could be a partnership with some of these, uh, the players that I mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, that's, that's, uh, yeah, that certainly seems that way to me. So then, you know, as you as you scale this business, I mean, what what's the biggest challenge for you now? Are you are you finding you're you're getting the word out? Like, is it the finding more more buyers for the consignments? Uh, is it finding more retailers? I mean, what, what what's the big challenge for your business right now? Yeah, my, our our big challenge is really in awareness for product entrepreneurs to know that this is a tool and an option that's available to them. So, you know, it's there's a lot of people that want to talk to product entrepreneurs, a lot of people that want to put their services in front of them. So, you know, kind of getting the signal through the noise and reaching that market, I would say, is uh, is what we're working on right now. Right. Okay. And then how do you make money exactly? Do you, are you taking like a fee for each deal on, um, just tell us what's, what's, what's the exact business model? Yeah. So we earn a 5% success fee if the deal is successfully funded. So in that way, we're 100% partnered with these businesses. We earn no revenue, no cost uh, to, to try and put together a deal and to try the platform up, uh, try the platform out. Only if you're successfully funded, we earn a 5% funding success fee. And that includes all merchant transaction fees. So if you looked at, you know, Kickstarter charges you a 5% success plus 5% processing fees, kick further is just flat 5%. Right, right. Okay. Okay. So we're, you know, we're recording this in uh, early, you know, in mid-January, I guess, 2021, brand new year. You know, what are your goals for, for 2021? Serve twice as many businesses as we did in 2020. <laughs> Let's start there, right? And then and then keep building. Um, yeah. We have some really exciting stuff down the pipeline. That's the number one thing is we want to get the word out. But we have a, a mobile app that's coming out to help product entrepreneurs run their product specifications and help them buy better with their manufacturers. So that'll be a, a pretty exciting new uh, product that we put out into the market and it should hit in Q1. All right. Well, uh, it's exciting to see you guys' success. It's been, uh, you know, it's really been fun to to watch how things have evolved over the last several years. So, so Sean, really appreciate you coming on the podcast today, and best of luck. Thanks so much, Peter. This was great, and we'll talk soon. Yep. Okay. See ya. Bye. You know, while Kick Further is still in its early innings, I mean, you know, obviously they're hoping to do forty million dollars in finance, and clearly the need is probably in the billions, maybe even tens of billions. So there's a huge runway that is that that is out there potentially for kick further. And Sean and I were chatting after we stopped recording and there's a real need to kind of institutionalize this to really get to large, large numbers. And they're they're looking at that. In fact, just one thing I'll share is uh, John Donovan, who is well known to many people in the lending community. He's been formerly of Lending Club, formerly MasterCard and uh, several other fintechs that he's worked with over the years. Is, and uh, he's uh, he's joining uh, Kick Further and very bullish on the company, uh, which to me I, I take that as a, as a positive sign. And you know, clearly, I think it's it's a great opportunity for you know for people who want to put some money to work, putting money to work on consignment. I mean, I'm, I'm probably going to be uh, increasing, or I will be increasing my accounts here as well.
well. And uh, I think it's a, it's a great opportunity for all involved. It's a real win-win, um, win-win-win in many ways. Win for the people, the companies funding their inventory, win for the buyers or, you know, they're not, supposed to, they're not investors, but that's kind of uh, the type of uh, entity that uh, is putting money to work. And um, I think it's, it's obviously a win for Kick Further as well. So anyway, on that note, I will sign off. I very much appreciate you listening and I'll catch you next time. Bye. Today's episode was sponsored by Lended Fintech USA, the world's largest fintech event dedicated to lending and digital banking. Lended's flagship event is happening online this year on April 27 to 29, with the possibility of an exclusive VIP in-person component. The verdict is in on Lender's 2020 event that was held online, with many people saying it was the best virtual event they had ever attended. Lendit is setting the bar even higher in 2021. So join the fintech community at Lended Fintech USA, where you will meet the people who matter, learn from the experts, and get business done. Sign up today at lendit.com/usa.